Hello listeners and welcome to part 2 of my conversation with uh, Richard Hood. I hope you enjoyed part 1 and because part 2 is going to be even more doozy because you're going to talk about the development of players and uh, how you can develop certain game sensibilities, the ideas, finding solutions, certain uh, activities that you can do, what where we are going wrong, where we could do better, where we are not doing anything at all. all these kind of things so uh, so why don't you guys just go ahead and uh, give it a listen and let us know how it goes so uh, we were talking about how you could identify players from different regions do you think now now it's more homogenized i assume not too much but a little bit more homogenized i think mizo players are mizo and manipur exactly that's what i was thinking the northeast ones are still different but otherwise it's a little bit more homogenized in the sense that how they play Would you agree with that statement, or if you do, is it uh, is it a good thing or a bad thing, or is it just one of those things? I don't think right now we have the sort of uh, let's yeah. say healthy game environment that's really needed. So I really don't have opinion in terms of <laughs> what I've seen in the last few years, because uh, I mean everybody knows the I mean the obstacles that we see in these uh, sub junior national selections, which largely is one uh, source of our national teams. And uh, in this day and age, we still have open trials in India for mm. U18, U15 squads. I think once the uh, fixtures come out, then teams announce, uh, come to the ground with your complete kit and your own water bottle. Trials will start at eight o'clock, which is the same for the sub junior nationals and junior nationals as well. Now, in, this is what happens when you don't have a rampant uh, youth system. Hmm. Clubs are not watching other clubs for their signings next year. All we need to pick up this player. We don't have a multi-tier, multi-age group structure locally in any of the cities. Hmm. Where there's a healthy exchange of ideas, this team is playing. Uh, Tried with three defenders at the back, or watch this team play. They're really strong on the wings and things. We don't have any such local uh, identities for this whole homogeneous or ident- hmm. what we spoke about this player coming from yeah. such a region. And, and I think uh, if you go to Japan or if you go to even any of the local clubs and things. If you look at the fixture list, let's say if it's uh, Saint Anthony's versus Saint Paul's in Bombay, hmm. had it been a proper organic game culture, we could have easily told oh, this game you can expect X, Y, and Z. Because hmm. anybody who would have followed uh, school football for five, six years knows this uh, school coach adheres yeah. to these uh, game values and game sensibilities and things, which we don't have now, hmm. and we won't see it over a period of ten uh, games. Of course, yeah. having a very distinct uh, and identity and culture is pretty much everything to football. Then you. You establish that over thirty, forty game season for the kids, and then you trickle in coach education. Then you teach them how to uh, interpret sports science in an easily understood way, so that you have responsible training sessions. Then you manage your season properly, and uh, stop. Uh, I think firstly, like stop making it so difficult for the youth teams to play. You have licensing nowadays. You have accreditation nowadays. Hmm. Whereas uh, you have about I think three thousand clubs in Japan now. Three thousand. In each age group, as in there yeah. are multiple uh, clubs with uh, you have clubs with multiple age groups, and you have about three thousand of them. Okay. In Catalonia alone, I think there are about two and a half thousand clubs. How and much is there in India? Is, is there an estimate? Is it possible to estimate? I think it's just about one fifty or something that's uh, licensed or accredited. But Catalonia has a population of seven million. Hmm. So you have to take that into context as well, and it's not like the Catalan district. That's the only sport they play. Yeah, yeah. they take their basketball really seriously. They take their handball very seriously. They take their tennis very seriously. They take their cycling very seriously. Mm-hmm. And you have similar scales of uh, engagement in these sports as well. So it's not like it. Uh, Catalonia is only football and things like that. And we're talking about thousands of clubs in each of these sports that uh, are bringing in uh, kids at an early age and sort of. Uh, immersing them in this whole game environment that builds world class competencies at the end of the day without really attaching uh, labels like world class elite and uh, um, whatever 
prospect and <laughs> prodigy and all that a bit too early yeah. for them no, no I, i was just bringing up that question because you think we are losing talent like this leaking no, talents no. a little bit in, in, in a sense we don't have uh, people get annoyed like really annoyed when i say that we really don't have talent per se in the asian or global context hmm. talent let's say what of the best 15 year old in uh, japan and uh, let's say the other countries are capable of and what ours are capable of i'm talking about let's say the top 1000 talents in japan at the age of 15 you take the top 1000 hmm. in india the cons- the difference between number 1 and number 999 in japan hmm. will be far less than number 1 and 999 in india in yeah. terms of capability yeah so i mean in uh, and uh, just in terms of that i think losing out on talent again it's it's so circumstantial yeah. i mean it's not really losing out to what as in why wasn't he picked at an early age what really happened you have to really explore that i don't think any club will pass up on a good talent or any coach will kerala there's hardly any uh, such scouting per se kerala i, uh, I don't know i mean uh, if there were about three four clubs from kerala then uh, you need a well, there are small c division ones uh, like the super division pdf uh, that those types but uh, so they offered they had uh, spoken to me when i was 15 said mm. would you want to like as a second string side mm. in case we need you and uh, there's no money and all there is just a contract mm. for this many months and uh, you can play i don't think there was any medical mm. insurance or anything and you know was, they're at professional level also uh, think, no. so. <laughs> so, <laughs> so i was at 15 i went to my father and i was like huh, look at this uh, maybe i can play he's like no no your board exams coming just mm. <laughs> Deal good with. no I mean, yeah a good thing I mean, yeah. because i realized in college when i was playing that i can't make it hmm. so i decided to write about it so that is that's a whole other thing anyway but uh, it, now getting into something that you were tweeting about we spoke speaking about this earlier before we started recording the kind of graph that the fifa has given to how help improve hmm. the rankings now we climbed uh, almost 100 places i think we are just out of the 100 now yeah we climbed all 70 places yeah so we were all the way up there mm. we can say manipulated a little bit in terms mm. of how we climbed the ranking so sustained success where does it start uh again timeline based because uh, each time you go we have to look at 30 years 40 years in the future maybe even 20 more. is also okay a decent start as in uh, like even the under 16 team that went across uh, did quite well last year under bibiano mm. and things uh, with korea they lost uh, with the last minute yeah. goal and stuff but again you have to really study the game for what it was they had about uh, close to 70% possession most of the passes were completed in our half mm. most of the passes that were completed in our half were completed in our attacking third mm. the number of goal line saves the players and the keeper had to make mm. will give a far better indication of uh, the narrative that exists we almost could have hmm. beaten korea but if you look at the numbers that we gave them uh, i think close to 25 uh, attempts at our goal and we had only 3 that's when yeah. you start to and that's a very and, and like i said the fans are completely justified maybe even the management is completely justified in viewing the game as for what it is as in you have your emotions uh, hooked onto it and you have your uh, let's say your hopes and uh, all the attachment because you you have a emotional connect to the process hmm. this, this is our team and this is our thing and we were following them till the, this game and thing so that they are totally justified in that but you're talking about uh, what really will it, i mean what sort of timelines are we looking at and thing this is where we need to start tackling it number one figure out what football do we want to play the national level hmm. and don't force it down to the uh general game environment let them come up to you understand it and then uh, see where uh, they feel it's uh, best to fit that in and 
like I said, it takes uh, at least 15 years for it to sink in. Yeah. This is how we uh, need to play. Anything. And that's when you start to develop a whole generation of players who adhere to the ideals that you set 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. That uh, don't kick the ball each time you uh, blah, 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 but uh, dribble instead. If you have mm-hmm. space, uh, look to go over there. And these little uh, game sensibilities that you see in individuals, all 11 mm-hmm. players interacting with each other, trying to keep the ball or trying to get it back. Uh, or trying to stop the opponent and things. All of these are a result of all the instructions, all the interactions, all the game experiences that they've gathered comes together at a national team level and then it's sort of not manifested but sort of released over there at that level based on what the head coach wants to play. But to suddenly expect that we are five years away from uh, playing in a certain way without uh, without any of these uh, sensibilities trickling down to the game community and I mean everybody in the game community that could mean veterans to the grassroots everything in between unless it trickles down to there in terms of at least uh, understanding it maybe not adhering to it but at least understanding it uh, then we won't be going anywhere so if you're talking about timelines 20 is reasonable and talking about sustained success so even yeah. if uh, India got through to the World Cup under uh, 17s and played this year had we beaten Korea we have to look at is this going to be a trend that's going to happen every two years hmm. which is something Korea, Japan, Iran, Saudi and the the five regularly qualifying World Cup teams do it at the under 20 level sorry do it at the U23 level do it at the U20 level do it at the U16 level hmm. yeah. every two years and they do it every four years at the senior level hmm. so you need to have a 20 year legacy in terms of uh, punching or let's say fighting it out at that level till you see it at the senior level but if your last 20 years of development history tells you that your junior teams haven't done this since 2006 we haven't qualified for the under 19 uh, tournament under 23 you haven't ever featured in it then probably that's the link that's going to be seen in the senior team hmm. so again as fans will have these expectations they completely like I said they they, rely, they live on hope as in hmm. they live on uh, expectation that our team is the best and we can go as far as the fans' expectations uh, go to, but in, from the technical side of things, when uh, all of our education comes into it and all of our experience comes into it, we can't really give a projection in the absence of the past. Hmm. That if we haven't done something in the last 20 years at the U16, U19 and U23 level, it's very likely that we won't do it at the senior level. And then if you look at the progressions in each tournament, finish last in group, finish last in group, finish last in group, you'll see the exact same trend in the... U16, U19 qualifies. If you haven't qualified, you'll see it in the qualifiers. And if you have qualified, you'll see it in the final rounds that you've usually finished uh, dead last in the group and failed to progress. Okay. So, uh, now, you, from the outside at least, it looks like the under-17 team that played the World Cup. And the ones, the ones immediately after got a, quite a lot of, uh, what do you say, education or coaching. At least that bunch of players who were there mm. in that camp. Do you think this is now a good time to earmark the start of the next. So you make sure that this happens for every single under-17, under-16 team comes. It's difficult and uh, see if you look at uh, the scores now, the sub-junior and junior nationals as well as the I-League under-18, under-15s or I think Elite elite League and uh, sub-junior league and things, whatever they've uh, renamed it, you still get double-digit scores. Hmm. If you're talking about this being uh, top-of-the-line uh, tournaments and uh, things like that, we still get, uh, let's say, embarrassing scorelines across many of these uh, forums. Uh, the best thing to do would be the co- approach that the Koreans have taken. They really don't have the resources to have such an expansive uh, game uh, engagement model and things. So they trickle down to 10 teams. They play each other over four legs and they have some other playoffs that uh, make it a 32-league season at the senior level. And I believe at the junior level, it's similar up to the uh, or uh, from the U19 level onwards. 
and then the entire responsibility is with the schools similar with japan so if you go look at uh, the japanese uh, structure there are, like i said those 2000 3000 teams are there it includes the j league teams j league 2 teams j league 3 teams and high school teams hmm. and in many of the uh, pre qualifying rounds is the high school teams that are walking away with it you have 40000 people attending your inter school matches over there so just saying that from this batch it might be a good time to sort of take it forward and things you need to have a uh, plan for where are you going to infuse all of this hmm. So let's just say a Calcutta league that takes uh, that establishes 15 teams that are going to compete at U6, U7, 9, 10, 11, 12, all the way up to U21 level. Another hyper local system in Mizoram, another hyper local system in uh, Manipur or wherever. Let's say 10 mm. cities you take and you have these, and under each age bracket you have two, three divisions. Mm. That's the volume we need to sort of. Uh, seeing any of this go through, then once the uh, the season is done, because over here there's a hurry to finish off everything. We <laughs> league, uh, I think Kerala Kerala league was about I think really short one. I think last yeah, season. Two months or something. No, no, two weeks or something like is that. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Last year or year before last, I may be wrong, but there was something that was labeled a league, but it lasted about uh, two three months. I think. I'm not sure. Something. Let like me check it out. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll we'll have to double check, but <laughs> yeah. but by and large, I mean if you're calling something a league, single leg, ten teams, let's say the Bangalore. Over uh, super division now, hmm. you decide the champions of Bangalore over ten matches. Hmm. Or Calcutta, the champion of Calcutta, the one time was like a crazy comparative. Even now, I mean, even yeah, you can hear think, about it on Twitter. Yeah. And even the top five teams and stuff, <coughs> East Bengal Mohan Bagan didn't have a single easy game in the Calcutta league hmm. uh, this season. And uh, well attended and stuff, but to decide the Calcutta champions over eleven games or twelve games is not doing justice to the history of the hmm. of the game that prevails over there. Or even for that matter, Bombay League, what it was, what it was now, Goan League, what it was, what it was now. You start to disconnect the local game environment, and you start to uh, let's say deprioritize or reduce the sort of importance you place on certain engagement models because that is what football is. It is engagement at the end of the day. so you reduce all these engagement models at the local level at the community level at the society level at the school level you start to see it in the highest level hmm. so when people keep asking that maybe why aren't there so many fans coming in as they used to earlier that's because your uh, you supporting your inter ward team you supporting your inter village team would trickle down to you supporting the players from your inter village team going on to play for the uh, club teams like salgaonkar and dempo and then nfl and then the crowds would show up over there that's how football works anywhere in the world so yeah. let's just say like the example of uh, di maria hmm. his first transfer was over i think uh, 15 balls or something like that at the age of 7 hmm. when rosario central wanted him but he was already playing football for four years there people already going across and watching hmm. him and his was one amongst 800 teams in that uh, region rosario yeah. region and things so unless you have game engagement at, from that point of view so i mean like the whole uh, social point of football is that people come to the sands for two reasons one is that those uh, people on the grounds are doing something that you could once do but cannot do anymore that is why maradona today goes and watches messi on hmm. playing the world cup or uh, let's say any of these ex players eto showing up at a fc barcelona game randomly hmm. when they show across they show the celebrities david beckham going and watching uh, manchester, manchester united play and things that is the that is one connect of the game and then the other bit is you once played it but could never do what they do mm-hmm. and you idolize these guys yeah as in let's say the core let's 80% of the fans anywhere in the world come from this uh, fragment like you grew up playing the game you have that experiential uh, 
connect to the game mm. if chetri uh, has passed the ball 10 yards you have done it sometime in your childhood or sometime last week yeah. playing a five a side game over here so this experiential connect has to get back to what it was earlier that is like i said the hyper local systems were inter what tournaments inter village tournaments just uh, if you i mean 10 years back if you looked at the back pages of the goan newspaper the amount of football fixtures that were there hmm into what i didn't even know what a what meant till i went to goa and then i realized okay it's this small block that uh, they have a team for that also yeah. and then you have a 15 year old playing with a 32 year old hmm. you have a 12 year old then a 48 year old uh, this whole experiential connect and it starts to reduce uh, then you start to see it in the stands and thing because uh, once that part of the population isn't uh, really they won't find the game attractive as such and then you would uh, the minute it, uh, minute going to the stadium and filling it up becomes a matter of choice and not a matter of habit hmm. then the whole game uh, community and the clubs should really be worried that uh, when it said should i go to the game or should i go across and uh, go for this wedding <laughs> nine out of 10 times uh, fans across the world will choose the game instead okay. and that's because of upbringing hmm. no matter which club you played for locally or which school you played for yeah mallu guy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Went correct for so, uh, his wedding night uh, to play football yeah my honeymoon was for a coaching course <laughs> like my wedding was on the 5th of uh, july on the 6th there was this uh, coaching course starting in bombay so and that's how it is i mean i'm not comparing myself to the mallu guy and things but okay. uh, but we've all made sacrifices to go to the games because we love sure, it yeah, right because exactly. we've experienced it is not just a pure uh, visual uh, connect that we have that uh, and i'm not undermining the guys who have never played but love the game mm-hmm. as much but uh, the larger game population are guys who have played at some level who have experience hitting the ball 40 yards or scoring a goal and they know what it feels it. like yeah. anything i mean uh, uh, watching what unfolds in front of you either mm-hmm. you've done it at that level like i said the top uh maradona watching messi with as much excitement as the guy next to him was never really stepped on to 11 side pitch but played five side all his life hmm. them feeling the same thing when argentina scores a goal or when uh, let's say manchester united scores a goal when marshall does his own thing yeah is the experiential connect right from childhood to the time you enter the stadium gates and sit down over there hmm. and uh, that's what brings the fans back constantly and uh, that's why most of the clubs are successful in building a connect you make yourself uh, felt in regions of people are connecting and interacting with the game and things and sure. uh, with people like you working in the AFF who have such deep uh, emotional connect with the game where are we there was a disconnect coming from because like you said there are still small uh, tournaments happening in different different states the it's more of a matter of tweaking and getting it all together mm. rather than restarting the whole structure mm. so where is the disconnect I think it's uh, disconnect number one is that I don't think the as a game community many of us are aware of uh, where we stand in world football as in uh, something like uh, let's just see the whole India versus uh, Thailand game the Dubai game and the Bahrain game and you listen to some of the podcasts with Iranian football had the goal beans and stuff goal bazaar yeah, and yeah. stuff and uh, these guys I think they won 3-0 one of the games but the fans calling in and uh, these guys whatever the, the people speaking they were absolutely furious because two players were irresponsible and got a yellow card and they won't hmm. feature in the next game hmm. nobody's talking about the three goals scored or any such thing and uh, i guess if, uh, the awareness in terms of uh, as is a very uh, let's say hyper positive uh, fan community hmm. and the ones who have even a slight uh, tweak towards guys let's just question what has happened right now or maybe it's not as good as that you get hammered on twitter or you just get labeled as a 
person who is not uh, really uh, in tune with uh, this whole fervor that's happening right now hmm. because if uh, the advertisement tells you that indian football has arrived and uh, some guy from uh, some guy who's won the world cup or somebody who's played in the uefa champions league comes on a, a tour with a delegation and stuff and tells you those uh, start muttering na hmm. sleeping giant sleeping giant sleeping giant then uh, i ca this thing there i've been in india for 4 days as lots of talent over here <laughs> and the third thing is that uh, 1 billion people and i cannot believe there is no talent here there is some hidden talent here uh-huh. so no mathematically he is correct huh mathematically he is no he is not <laughs> no no because there is no system here to build talent oh, yeah, right? exactly yeah in the absence of environment how can you even make these okay so uh, you just opened my eyes i always figured mathematically to no no mathematically <laughs> there is nothing related na i mean uh, it's all environment based as in uh, like i said everything is interaction and experience based in things so we aren't giving kids any of that uh, let's say the quality of interaction and experience to develop world class competencies hmm. to even go and uh, play at let's say third division spain and stuff is it's not going to happen unless we are paying and uh, getting these uh, tours done for two years training get to develop under spanish pro license coaches and all of that which is a massive business now so there is none of that happening and then we start to see na that uh, So when you say that people with uh, my sensibility, there are tons like that in the country. That guys who, uh, d- let's say, direct the love for the game and love for the game in India through a very negative or perceptually negative point of view. That people keep thinking that these guys are uh, pessimists, hmm. never see the good in anything, and all of that. The labels that we get handed over. people start to uh, uh, level it against this foreigner who's come to india and told you that sleeping giant 1 billion hidden talent <laughs> that formula we start to get compared to them then they'll be like pele came to india in uh, whatever 1997 and he said that india is such and such last week uh, some delegation from fifa had come down or uh, player who's won the champions league and said these three things obviously we'll start to look like the villains then hmm and when i think mario gotze i think there was a uh, interview recently and he said this exact same thing that uh, i i look forward to a player coming down and playing for borussia dortmund because uh, uh, they have 1 billion people and uh, there will be some talent in the country hmm. now for somebody like him who's undergone let's say a very rich experience in terms of growing up with the game he will never know what it takes to develop a talent Nine out of ten coaches at the highest level of the game don't know the, the neurology, the sociology, the cultural uh, tangents of developing a talent. So they are usually the last people to ask about it. And even top class youth coaches, the ones who work at let's say uh, all of your uh, top clubs like the academies and things that you keep getting the list of uh, Portugal and that's uh, Sporting Portugal and Benfica and Barcelona and stuff. Even they will might be the last people to ask about. what does it take to develop talent because they have the best uh, players funneling into the system and they have to guide them into becoming top notch then when you go and uh, listen to all these guys who are uh, sports scientists the guys who are into sports neurology the ones who are looking at this whole perception action loop and there's such a rich world of expertise as in the more than uh, i think few hundred research papers that only talk about this whole neurology and skill development any sport hmm. or any field of expertise that kicking and that's when you start to see that maybe uh, just i mean importing sound bites and uh, tasty headline stuff and uh, scripting our ambitions on that is a very dangerous uh, message to send across because even simple things like we've had about i think 30 plus mous in the last 10 years 
right and each of these MOUs are based on I was part of one with TFA when we had a tie up with uh, Sheffield United and I was dead said that this is the way forward as in even I've gone through this whole thing of being Dutch uh, Dutch obsessed so that is the best model and Johan Cruyff and Barcelona and uh, Ajax is what India needs and uh, we only if we have 10 more TFAs it will work uh, then going down to this whole MOU thing that everybody should sign a MOU to now where I realize that Thing. And the whole realization has come through accessing in many of these uh, scientific journals in terms of what actual skill acquisition is, what skill development is, what uh, sporting dexterity is, and uh, what, I mean, all those things that, uh, all the tangents that connect to creating a world-class talent. And then you realize that, okay, these are probably the last things that we need. Hmm. Because these guys have dedicated their entire academic life to understanding talent, understanding uh, competencies at the highest level of the world. And not one of them have uh, linked it to general population, larger the population, more talent coming through. Not one of them have linked it to facilities that needs to be uh, world-class stuff and blah, blah, blah. Not one of them or some of them have linked it to coaching expertise. But 9 out of 10 would link it to the social and cultural sensibilities that dictate the benchmarks for a good player. So in India, a kid juggles the ball 10 times, they'll say Agla Messi or uh, next uh, Neymar. Whereas in Argentina and stuff, those kids are doing all sorts of things with the ball and it doesn't even feature on YouTube ever. Mm-hmm. But that's normal there. It's nothing yeah. worth uh, highlighting and things. So it's nature or nurture? No, it's both. As in uh, nature gives you certain uh, predispositions like height, muscle structure, speed, uh, your perceptual skills as in the quality of your vision and stuff. Nature gives you that predisposition to probably edge it out against certain guys. Mm-hmm. Nurture is what sort of crafts it. So maybe if you look at Luka Modric who has a lot of natural uh, predispositions going against him mm-hmm. it's his mental strength and how he interacted with the game that put him ahead so something like I think there's a book here uh, performance cortex to one of them they're talking about the number of cones in the eyes mm-hmm. being directly linked to people in uh, hitting uh, being directly linked to success in hitting sports okay just the quality of the how quickly can you pick mm-hmm. up that information and process it but that in the absence of nurture Hmm. facing that ball in the nets few thousand times and uh, look at the life of any Indian cricketer hmm. they're more in the ground than in the classroom hmm. as in Delhi school cricket at one time used to be ridiculously competitive even Chennai used to be really really good Santhom, St. Beads and all of these schools was really really competitive so it, um, you have your natural disposition but that is no indicator of future success you need to have this entire pathway where players can experience and interact with the game to capitalize on the natural uh, dispositions or if it's unnatural then the players work against it and really fight it out and rough it out and come out on top against people who we keep uh, labeling as naturally talented as such so <laughs> you need to have this whole comprehensive that's an exception right? I mean uh, Japan is now exporting more than 100 players across to Europe at various levels of B teams and reserve teams yeah. or third division teams India get, Indian player gets a trial or there is a rumor Hmm. That there's a potential trial and thing. You see the fervor behind that India has arrived at the thing and we are attracting attention and this and that. And, uh, like I'll give you an example. There was this uh, kid, uh, Victor Kotaski, had gone to uh, Dinamo Zagreb to do my internship with them in 2017. They didn't qualify for the Under-17 World Cup. But uh, this uh, the EU allows uh, transfer of players uh, across Europe from the age of 16. Yeah. And you have this one kid who's, who was covered. Uh, the, I mean, uh, captain of uh, Dinamo Zagreb's under-16 team came and met me, really good kid. And then, then the goalkeeper coach took me aside and he told me, oh, he's leaving to Ajax next year. Like, what are you kidding? Uh, that 18-year-old role. Mm-hmm. There's no EU. It's, uh, and he told me that the entire deal is eventually going to go into 2 million. Mm-hmm. The kid's going to get about, I think, uh, 12,000 
your was a month or something like that 16 mm. 17 year old and stuff yeah and uh, they said this is probably the best keeper that has ever come out of croatia in its history mm. this kid like eventually when he grows and the surprising part was the kid had torn boots had seen his mom come and pick him up uh, in the car the car was like like as i think uh, even uh, croatia isn't like the most modern place you still have yeah. those uh, the yugoslav era those mm-hmm. uh, cars and things na like those really old ones that you see in many parts of like tajikistan kazakhstan you see those particular cars he came in one of those and uh, he said like his struggle at being from dinamo from the ages of 8 to 16 has finally paid off and stuff and they saying this happens every year hmm. as in during the transfer window and things he said no more players will go in uh, december so there's this whole thing that uh, i mean one argument that i got was if india hosts the under 17 world cup scouts are going to come and then they'll pick up the our players and they'll see them and they'll go away what they don't realize is our youth league or let's just say this uh, 270 minutes have been played in the world cup nobody's going to place priority on that and almost 60 70% of the major transfer prospects have already been done mm-hmm. jadon sancho and all those kids in the us team playing in uh, uh, europe already mm-hmm. their transfers and negotiations were done ages ago who those who were playing at werder bremen and the other kid playing at uh, dortmund and uh, Josh Sargent I think is playing at some other club then Via uh, jo- Jonathan Via Jonathan, right? yeah he plays at Paris Saint Germain his transfer stuff was secured like ages ago including that uh, Kubo the player for Japan hmm. he was with Barcelona's academy till this whole uh, FIFA regulation came in he had to yeah. go back so I mean if you look at benchmarking that this under 17 world cup is going to take up players abroad and uh, then trials came up na xyz players going to get a trial at uh, mm-hmm. manchester united and uh, things yeah. like that there is an event to motherwell i think but people don't realize that the uh, selection and stuff right from u15 to u18 level is done months in advance at least mm-hmm. intra europe they have their eye on almost every league and before looking at india ever they are going to look at the korean league yeah under 16 under yeah. 18 league is giving these kids the it's not really about talent i mean 9 out of 10 times they're looking at the players physical capability to last a 35 game season at the highest level they're looking at a psychological endurance to cope with pressure week after week match after match and things like that so then you start to look at the education this kid has been playing uh, 45 50 matches per year from the ages of 7 8 9 10 up to his 18th birthday he's already made a senior team debut at the senior level he's already played 40 matches he performed so well in that these are also the things that scouts consider hmm. and when they look at the match calendar i mean let's just say a player's profile they open uh, scores uh, by scout and stuff like that and they hmm. see okay ex player from india in the last 5 years he's played only let's say 20 20 20 60 matches it's not going to even feature on their uh, criteria of selecting him because to get him fit and get him into that mental condition of uh, playing out a 40 week season 40 matches is you can't you can't make that up in the la- at the age of 21 22 23 so it's like taking a second son kid and telling him to go and play write the 12th board exams <laughs> and then judging him on it hmm. right or it is equivalent to going to school for one month of the year and expecting to do as well as the kids who are going to school for remaining months of the year unless your home education is extraordinary and things but yeah. negating the remaining months of the school academic and still expecting them to do well that is what's happening in the youth context so obviously the guys who come over here and say all these things one billion hidden talent and uh, sleeping giant they aren't aware of uh, how comprehensive or how deep a youth uh, structure is or how comprehensive or how deep a uh, top structure is they coming here to promote bundesliga hmm. la liga and probably premier league and uh, these other leagues so and they obviously have got a briefing that if you, you will get asked these questions because everybody has seen it and they'll give you those answers that uh, people want to hear hmm. if they work hard for five years india will definitely 
make it if you get uh, if you establish uh, 20 more academies india will definitely make it but all these people are talking completely in the in complete absence of the social context the uh, scientific context the uh, cultural context of what it takes to develop talent and without that you I, you can talk for years then i mean tenure project this the document and pathway roadmap strategy all of these things and uh, but but do you think it is at least changing for the better i per- i mean it's my personal belief because uh, people uh, you have these biases right as in you decide what you want to measure as success mm-hmm. and things but uh, i personally believe that unless it gets down to the local level where uh, bangalore has got multi age group multi mm-hmm. division uh, structure and uh, let's just say from the third division onwards it's, it automatically becomes a u20 u18 fourth division is u18 and so that all the guys with the big bellies and uh, who smoke five minutes before uh, kick off and stuff all of those guys are weeded away and they belong in the amateur and uh, mm-hmm. recreational realm but now if you look at uh, i mean go to calcutta league look at the lower division and stuff you still have these guys who are in the 40s and playing for the various teams so i think one is that uh, the local uh, fas have to really start looking at what the game looks like at the local structure around the world we need to become world class at the local level before we start to become world class at the because hitting those benchmarks are easy like really good telecasting rights great you've got world class coaches on the sidelines great you've got uh, gps units on the players very good all of these things fine i mean uh, hitting those benchmarks is good but when we start to look at uh, what's happening in manchester district just go to their uh, regional fa website or go to catalonia website or go to valencia website or go to paris district uh, website of their regional fa like wefa and karnataka state football association and go look at the amount of engagement that is there the futsal league has some 16 divisions in uh, catalonia and there's only adults futsal league goes on to the i mean the volume of activity that's going on that the state uh, overlooks unless you're world class at that level I really don't see it. Uh, I mean, since in asking the question, is there any improvement? Is a good improvement has to come from there to complement the highest level. The highest level having all these uh, very visible and obvious improvements, uh, you will get maybe let, let let's say twenty to thirty percent positive effect, or you will uh, maximize the potential that was always there. Hmm. Right, and you give them this good uh, guidance through their diet and uh, guiding them through good sports science practices and stuff and good coaching and things. You will maximize the potential. which uh, in the global context might only be 50% of what actual world class is yeah but if you really want to sort of build your uh, potential base itself then you need to go down to the local level and then uh, try and uh, influence improvements over there so that was the interview with richard hood uh, the end of part 2 stay tuned for part 3 oh, in the meantime enjoy the game